This show is a part of the Versus the Universe Network. For more information on Versus the Universe, go to VersusTheUniverse.com. That's VSTheUniverse.com. Hey, everybody. This is Aaron. And this is Liz. From the Cooperatives Podcast. And we just want to give you a little bit of a warning. This is going to be kind of a supersize episode. Usually we record like 50 or 55 minutes, but we have a very exciting thing that happened that we're going to be talking about during this episode. It's going to be a little bit longer. Yeah. Just a little bit. But stick with it. Yeah, yeah. It's Uh, worth it. Yeah, it's going to be cool. And there's some cool stuff at the end, too. So we'll see you at the beginning and the end. Yeah. And the middle. Yeah. And we'll we'll see you everywhere. Okay. All right. Just giving you a warning. All right. Bye. Bye. Happy Halloween celebration weekend. Happy Halloween, everybody. Did you trick or treat? I don't think trick or treating happens yet. Did you meet a ghost? I guess that could happen at any time. Did you get bitten by a werewolf? Also at any time. Did you meet a Demogorgon? We met, well, I don't oh, want to get into it. I don't want to spoiler anybody. But but I'm pretty sure like like people like the show Stranger Things. You're pretty sure that people like the show Stranger I, I Things? I think so. I think people are enamored with Stranger Things. And and I, you know, here's a here's a hot take. I think it's just as good as everyone says. I think it's great. It's very good. Yeah. It's a very good show. We watched season two. Oh, all of it. We watched all of season two oh, the man. same day that it came out. <laughs> we we started at 6 p.m. and we ended at 3.15 a.m. Yeah. We did a good job. That was a good night. It was really good. We, we, we got these junk food. big juicy burgers. Yeah. We had a lot of fruit snacks. I had a soda. It got out of hand. It was pretty crazy. It was great. I it loved it. Off the roof. Off the roof. Off the off, roots. Off the roof. It was off the roof. Off the roof. <laughs> uh, yesterday we went to see Ben Folds. We saw one of my and I think one of your favorite musicians. Absolutely. I've looked up to Ben Folds like since the moment I heard him. What a great concert! What right. what you did is the first the first act of Ben Folds is set. He would play like whatever he wanted to play. And then it the was second, a lot. It was a lot from songs for Silverman for any Ben Fold mm-hmm. Ben Foldies out there. A lot of stuff from his new album, so there. But then for the second part of the set, you would write down a song you wanted on a piece of paper, and then you would fold it into a paper airplane. You would throw it at the stage, and Liz wrote down the luckiest. I did. I wrote down the luckiest, and he played the luckiest. He did. I don't think he played my no 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 the luckiest I'm, no no no. My head cannon is he played your paper airplane. I made this paper airplane and yeah. I decorated it, and it, it actually made it to the stage. I was like very concerned that it was just going to end up hitting the person in front of me. This was so crazy. So this is called the paper airplane tour, which I we think. didn't even look into until the I day had of the concert. No idea. <laughs> yeah, and I know I'm like super cliche for requesting the luckiest, but whatever. And yeah, it was so weird because we were sitting. We were. Uh, it was general admission, so we were standing kind of near the front. We were like 15 or 20 feet and away from the stage. Yeah, all these paper airplanes were like all over the place, I mean, hitting us, and then we would just kind of pass it forward. It was a really cool experience. It was really fun. What? I mean, I feel like we did a lot this last week. Yeah. What I mean, the, I happened? think that was like pretty much Yeah, like it. nothing nothing else nothing else happened. I'm pretty yeah. sure we detailed all of the cool things. Wait, why do you have your hand up to your face? Why are you smothering your face with your hand? Why are you pointing to your ring finger? Is that a ring? Did you get a ring? I did get a ring. You got a new piece of jewelry. Look at you. Yeah. Wow. What's that for? Nothing now. Oh, jeez. You're not allowed to pretend you don't know we're engaged. We're engaged. We're engaged. It's so great. You guys. It's really good. Oh, my goodness. I've been planning on proposing to Liz for such a very, very long time. Oh, man. Uh. (laughs) this This was the immediate aftermath. So the engagement happened at a bookstore. Happened at a bookstore. It was lovely. I found one of Liz's uh, favorite books by one of her favorite authors. I highlighted a passage in that book, 
and like about I, love. <laughs> I went up to the shelf and I was like, "Oh look, it's it's that book that you really like. We should get it." And, and you I was were like, like, "We gotta go. We're <laughs> trying like, to meet some people." And I'm like, "No, you need to read this. You should look at this book." And I was like, "My hands are full. I yeah, just got you had coffee. A coffee." And I was like, shoving the book in your hands, like, "No, read this. Look yeah. what they did on this page. It's so weird that they highlighted this passage." Yeah, and I thought, "Oh, this is a new version of this book. The book is Stranger in a Strange Land by Robert Heinlein." Yeah, yeah. And I thought. Man, I didn't realize this was annotated, but I guess. Like, that was what went through my mind. I love how that's the first thing you think of, like, oh, they must have, like, yeah. a new edition. There's annotations here. Whatever. It was adorable. We got lots of good pictures from and, mm-hmm. a lovely young woman named Sarah who worked at the bookstore. And if you're in Chicago, Volumes Book Cafe, it's clutch. Excellent. What a great place. They yeah. they were totally cool. They helped me plan all this. Right. Um, so so I was going to say, the, then we ended up going to a brewery called Dovetail in mm-hmm. Chicago. And all of our friends were there. A whole bunch of our friends were there. And... A bunch of family yeah. that I didn't know, and my family. My well, well, you you knew the family. I members. did know the family. I should say <laughs> I didn't know they were going to be there. But they're I didn't like know family any of this now. was happening. <laughs> um, yeah, and my immediate family is split up among several different states, so yeah. I like would never have imagined. Some of them are liquid. Some of them are solid. <laughs> Thank you. Some of them go from a solid to a gas. And I it's would, just like, yeah. they totally skip that state. I would never have imagined that they would all be in one place. So it was beautiful. But in the immediate aftermath, all I'm hearing is people like, I've known for three months, man. And I couldn't <laughs> say anything. And it's like, you're such a planner. And and as uh, you called them readers earlier, as our readers and listeners know, yes. uh, I am profoundly horrible at keeping secrets i can't keep a secret from liz to save my life i I don't know does everybody know that i i mean now they do now now they do it's true but that's why i like didn't think that it was i i did suspect that it might happen this weekend because i knew that some of your family was going to be in town yeah but by the the time it happened there's a little bit of truth to it right by the time it did happen i had convinced myself that i was incorrect about (laughs) my thought that it might happen that weekend so I wasn't wearing mascara, but <laughs> you, you know good. you can't have everything. No, you got your hair done. You got you got everything it was good. done. It was I good. looked it was great. Good. You look. I'm great. very happy. But that's how you know. This is how we know <laughs> that I didn't really think it was going to happen. I didn't have mascara on. As as an example, I have bought gifts for Liz as a surprise multiple times now, and I'll just get so excited that I'm going to give her this gift that I think is going to make her right. happy. That I'll be like. I know Christmas is five days away, but let me give this to you now. Yeah, like I'm not one of those people that pushes really hard. <laughs> no, to try. it's all me. It's just I'll be like sitting in bed reading or something and he'll be like, you'll be like, uh, so <laughs> can I just tell you a little bit about what I got you? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, sure. Just tell me. Sorry, I pushed you into telling me this. I, I it was just it was a profoundly happy day. It was wonderful. Um, it's. And like surprisingly exhausting. Well, I think I think like being so happy is is and like it getting is. getting all of that input from other people. Yeah. It's it does a lot. Yeah. So it was it was a about a week ago and I I wanna say it took like four days to even Sink just in. recover from yeah. the like like to physically recover from the surprise and the happiness. The and next the... day we stayed in bed and played Mass Effect and I like read a book. <laughs> I was like, give me the most low-key oh, activity. Man. And my sister, who I love very dearly and don't see nearly enough, ended up staying with us mm-hmm. that night. And obviously I wasn't like thinking I was going to have people over. I was 
like ready for bed at nine o'clock because I was just so <laughs> tired. But then, you know, she was in town and so I wanted to stay up and hang out. And you know how many people were like, hey, so like it's your engagement night. What are you going to do? And I was like, I want to sleep. I just oh, want to hit the pillow. It's nuts. Maybe we're just old, but Hell yeah. no, don't say Here's that. We're not old. So yeah, now I totally understand when people talk about like their wedding and they're like, all oh you're going to do is you're going to go to sleep. There's a lot. And like, it's so exhausting even if all the planning is done and everything, I, you know, this is a tiny little piece of it. And I didn't even do the planning. I just did the attending. No, I'm so happy that you can be a part of it now because I was holding yeah. on. Like, so like now it it's... felt like I had these secrets bundled in a sack, hidden under a cloak. And like, if anyone saw them, I was going to be chased by dragons or like a crazy horde. Like right. I was nervous the entire time that I was going to let something slip. It's funny because you were nervous even knowing what the answer would be. But there still sure is like the perfectly. element of surprise. Right. It did go perfectly. I, I, it was more like I knew that this was going to be a day that we would remember for the rest of our lives. Oh, and it I, was fun, man. I wanted to make sure. Uh, like I was telling a bunch of my friends afterwards, I really regret not getting as many pictures. So whenever I see people flood me with pictures from that day now, I'm like overwhelmingly excited and like yeah we do tear. we have so many pictures there were so many people I want more. taking them and you this is a really cool thing the new iphone is it yeah the, yeah i i specifically like i you gave your phone to somebody at the bookstore to take pictures of the moment which was great because i like i think that's really cute to have yeah. those pictures but the phone automatically also made gifts of every picture it saves like the two seconds before and after yeah and so we have like we didn't have a, a whole video but we have all these little snap like little pieces of video <laughs> it's really fun i love it yeah so it was a really great day it's been a really exhausting week uh thank you to all of our listeners that have like reached out and said yeah. congrats because I, I know that we posted some things on on twitter and facebook um thank you to everybody that has reached out and said congratulations uh man it's awesome it's it's, it's tiring great. it's awesome it is it's great and now suddenly we're planning a wedding yeah not sudden i mean not no we've, we, like, we, talked we've been talking about it, about it for a long but time it's it, it's hard to explain like and a switch off. just kind of flips and then it's like oh that's what we're doing now yeah <laughs> yeah uh but i mean this this is a this is a very special episode for a few reasons one we get to i guess like podcast announce our engagement yeah uh, for all of our readers <laughs> now they know and also this is the first episode we're going to be covering a game that was sent to us by a listener yeah. uh, so before we get started thank you so much to rich howard for sending us this game zombicide black plague um hey spoilers I'm so happy that like we like this game. Oh yeah! I, I was I was like, man, that would if suck he sent if us we this game like... and we hated it, it was going to be terrible. But oh no! Uh, hey, if you don't want to listen to the rest of the show, we liked it. But yeah, uh, we did. We liked we'll it. We'll definitely go into it. Um, but, but thank you, Rich. Yes, thank you so much, Rich. Yeah, he's been super supportive. He's he's like our biggest cheerleader. So thank you so much, Rich. So we have we have to clink before we get too much farther. Yeah, uh, you want to start this thing? Do you want to get? Do you want to get onto the first episode of our on. engagement? I have two things that I need what? to discuss. Oh, first of all, I never got to say what our Halloween costume was, and oh, I'm yeah. very proud of it. Do it. We we were Jughead Jones yes. and Betty Cooper from Riverdale. Oh my God! It was so also fun. from just the Archie comics generally, but we were specifically the Jughead and Betty from Riverdale, which is the trashy CW show. So trash Jughead and trash Betty. Yeah. Uh, and I cut this hat for Aaron to wear. It's so great. And we were dressed like that at the Ben Folds concert. Yeah, it was great that we went to a Ben Folds concert in costume and nobody knew who we were until we exited the concert and somebody's like, 
Are you, are you Jughead? And I'm like, yeah. I'm with Betty. Yeah, I was low-key Betty because Betty doesn't have a ton of really defining characteristics anyway. She's got to go dark. blonde. Well, then there's dark Betty, but that's the whole thing. But I just had this sweatshirt. I had like a shirt that she wears in the show yeah. and whatever. But in yeah, it was like a nice way. <laughs> it was, hey, people love that shirt. I know it's a good shirt. Uh, the real, it, I bought a sweatshirt version online, but the real sweater that she wears is like $300 or Holy something crazy. Crap. Like the actual hat. You can't buy that. We got to plan a wedding. The actual hat that they cut to make Jughead's hat is a scotch and soda hat, which is a really expensive source. So I think the hat is like 80 or $90. Dang. It's just like a knit beanie. It's so silly. But anyway, I was really proud of that costume. The second thing that I want to talk about before we clink is this cocktail that I made. This is a nice cocktail. My cocktails are fan favorites among our readers. <laughs> this cocktail I am titling Zombie Cider. Oh my God! I see what you to did go there with now. Zombie side. All right. What is in the zombie cider? Okay. So cider. I am already halfway through this drink. I'm going to be loopy by the end of because you bet at the break I'm getting another one. It's pretty saucy. So it has apple cider in it. Mm-hmm. And it has bourbon. Nice. Two staples of the Dolazinski household. The the bullet bourbon. We're a big fan of bullet. We are a big fan of bullet. And it also has, this is where it gets a little crazy. So I was drinking a Lagunitas brown sugar. You just like put whatever you wanted in there. Kind of. Uh, uh, I was drinking a Lagunitas brown sugar, which is an excellent beer from Lagunitas, Mm -hmm. in case you didn't figure that out. That is only available seasonally. 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 And I realized that it was available today when I was at the store. So I got some. Uh, So I had a little bit of that left. And I put some of that in. I know this sounds crazy, but <laughs> beer cocktails are a thing. It's a good way to add bubbles to a drink. And and I will not drink a drink unless there has bubbles in it. Yeah, I like bubbles. And I also have, uh, we have tangerines, not tangerines. What are the other things that are like oranges? Tangerines. Nectarines. No. Oh, oh, clementines? S- clementines. Yeah, like Walking Dead. It has some clementines. See, it all comes around. It. It's a zombie exactly. thing. Exactly. Yeah, I, I did that on purpose. Sure you did. And it does have a little bit of soda water in it for additional bubbles. Mm-hmm. And it had, it's all mixed in now, but it had a red wine floater on top. Should we like put the recipe for this drink in the description? So if people are like, like, all right, we're going to put the description for this drink in the 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 uh, summary of the episode. So if you want to make this drink and then enjoy the rest of it, go for it. I feel like the fall y'all is a more popular request. Dang. We'll put them both. I might put them both. Yeah. We, we got time. Yeah, we do. So that's what we're enjoying. It's potent, but not too potent. Yeah. It's, it's sweet, it, but it's, not too sweet. It, it goes down smooth and it doesn't quit. Yeah. And yeah. it works thematically. This is going to be a good episode. Let me tell you let's why. Get this, let's get this road on the show, man. Well, should we, should we clink? Let's clink. All right, cool. Let's do this thing. Here we go. Let's do it. Welcome to the Cooperatives Podcast with the real-life, human, engaged couple, Liz and Aaron. We did it, everybody. We did it. We're we done. Got engaged. We're done. That well, was the whole point of the show. That was the objective. We did it. Yeah. So goodbye. 
Uh, we are going to discuss today, as we always do, the joys and sorrows of cooperative gaming with a significant other, yeah, yeah. like a fiance. Uh, man, I have example. to say fiance so much because it's such a limited window word. Like once we get married, I can't say fiance anymore. I can't yeah. like I. You're still say, allowed to use the word, but you can't use it to uh, describe me. Yeah. Well, who else would I describe? Other oh, people are like maybe fiancés. if we're playing like Dragon Age or Mass Effect, and I, you know, yeah, or like. Knows? Those people over there are engaged to each other. That man is that other man's fiance. Yeah, I, I just, I want to, I want to use it to someone like that. I'm fianced to. It's affianced. 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 Is, is it French? French. Uh, I think so. Oh my god! See, I gotta use this word. I gotta I learn about it. I gotta incorporate it because it, it, it's a lot like it's a lot like the McRib. Or like a Disney classic that's going to go into the vault. I like, feel like I just need to cut you off there. <laughs> no, no, it's it's very no, much like using a Disney no, vault. No. no, no, like like remember how Lion King Aaron, was only available can't... for such a short period of time. No, and then I'm it went sorry. back in the vault. What? I'm sorry, you you compared our engagement to a McRib, so <laughs> I'm just gonna stop. I just wanted to see what you would do. I'm gonna move on to. I just wanted to I'm gonna, see your face. I'm gonna finish the perfect. intro. All right, I'm gonna fine, finish the intro. Fine, fine, fine. It was funny though. <clears throat> Today, <laughs> yeah, we are talking zombicide. Subtitle: Black Plague. Now, just to just to make sure people know, uh, it's not zombicide subtitle. There's zombicide, and then the subtitle is, but Black zombicide plague. subtitle Black Plague would Black be a lot. Plague. Black Plague. Yes. Now, Liz, what do you know about the Black Plague? Uh, it was bad. Yeah, it was pretty bad. It took place. See, I'm going to feel bad. Did it take place in the Dark Ages or was the Middle Ages? Was it the Crusades? Ages? Oh, I think it was the Dark Ages. No, the Crusades is a different kind of plague. Well, like, wouldn't Black Plague imply Dark Ages because, like, it'd be dark? No, the Dark Ages was before the Enlightenment. Wait. The, it's called oh the Dark Ages God. because they didn't have all that fancy science it. knowledge. When does Nikola Tesla, David Nikola Bowie, Tesla. And, and, like, Roosevelt? I don't know about history. Jesus was there, right? I'm so confused. Yeah. Is this... Is this a Bill and Ted joke? This is literally all I know about history. Uh-oh. Where was Joan of Arc? She was near Was she around the Black Plague? She was a crusader. All right. Here's what I want to know. I saw Ice Age 1, 2, 3, 4, and like they had a talking squirrel and a cheetah. Were they around? I think that they don't make it very long after the Ice Age. Oh, no. You just ruined the next movie for me. I think they actually have a movie. Isn't there like a movie where a meteor comes? Yeah. I, I haven't seen that, but yeah, they got to kill those weird. people already. How can there be like five Ice Age movies, but 25 Land Before Time movies? At any rate, today we played and are talking about Zombicide with the subtitle Black Plague. And boy, howdy. So Zombicide Black Plague is the latest in a series of Zombicide games from Guillotine Games. Zombicide Black Plague was designed by Raphael Guiton, Jean-Baptiste Lulian, and Nicolas Raoult. The artists on the game are Nicholas Fructus and Jeremy Messon. Um, I'm sorry if I mispronounced those names. I tried. Uh, that's that's pretty much all I can say. But Guillotine Games has been making these Zombicide games for a few years. These Zombicide games are published by the publisher Cool Mini or Not. You may recognize them from the recent Song of Ice and Fire game that was on Kickstarter and uh, Blood Rage. There's a variety of different games that Cool Mini or Not has put up and... Black Plague is the latest iteration on the Zombicide formula. Liz, what do you think about Zombicide Black Plague so far? Oh, I love it. So let's talk a little bit about the way it works. It is an interesting game. It's not a campaign, 
But each time you play, you play a specific scenario. Yeah, and so when we say it's not a campaign, you have six characters in this game that you can play as. However, the rule book comes with 10 scenarios. Now, you might think if you start at the first scenario, your characters will level up. That doesn't happen. Yeah. Just the scenarios get more difficult because theoretically you're getting better at the game and right. learning how to play it more. That part is kind of scary. Yeah. Uh, we played uh, the first scenario, which is a tutorial, and we played the second scenario twice. Yeah. Uh, in looking at how the game progresses, I, I feel like we have a pretty good grasp on how the game goes. And this is one of the first games we played for the show where during the play tests, I specifically said, I want to play a lot of this after we're done covering it. Yeah, definitely. It's super fun. So It, it was so, like this and Dark Souls are the two that I'm like anxious to play again. Right. I I really want to play more. What's the one with the app? That oh, Mansions of Madness. Mansions yeah, of Madness yeah, yeah. is really good too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this, this actually I think is better than Mansions of Madness and... Blood, what is it, Bloodborne? Dark no. Souls? Dark Souls. Why, you think it's better? I think it's better for like a quick setup. Oh, sure, and sure, And sure. easy play. Okay. So basically there's a modular board. Yeah. But you, you set it up according to like in, in the rule book. It has these 10 scenarios. You pick which one you're going to play and then it tells you how to set the board up. The rule book will tell you what tiles to use. And each yeah. tile is labeled with like 1A, 2B, and then you'll join those together to make a new board for every scenario. Right. And then you put certain little objective markers down mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And each scenario is a little bit different, but essentially what you're doing is you have the board, you have your characters, which are all... This takes place as you may have surmised from our terrible Black Plague discussion in the like Dark Ages or Middle Ages or something. Yeah, I I tend to think of it as the Crusades, and the thing that's different is the original Zombicide is all modern day. Right, and so this one also has a little bit of a fantasy flair to it. Like One of the characters is definitely an elf, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and one of the characters is a dwarf, easily. Right, so there's like an elf who has some good bowing skills, there's a dwarf guy. There is, uh, which maybe this is why you keep thinking of the Crusades. There's a nun named <laughs> named Anne who uh, is a sword-wielding nun. I can't. Well, that's every nun, right? It's a stereotype. Pretty much. But like, I, I don't know. For some reason, I do associate this with the Crusades. Whenever I'm gonna, I see... I'm going to figure out when the Black Plague was because... <laughs> I'm worried that we're like so off and people are. There's a history professor listening to this for the first time and he's just like, this is not a good show. Um, But as Liz said, you will take these boards, you will put them together so you have a different landscape every time you play and there's different objectives for every scenario. So one scenario might be you need to kill an abomination and a necromancer and get all of these objectives. And another one might be you need to kill a specific number of zombies and a certain tile and activate a few objectives that are that are on a different side of the board. The objectives are different enough where every game feels new, it feels unique, and there's so many variables where you are spawning different zombies or pulling different cards when you search through areas that it feels different every single time. That's something that a lot of games can say they do, but in our experiences playing, they actually capitalize and make good on that. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just realized that we've been conflating the Black Death and the bubonic plague. Oh. So the bubonic plague, yeah. I think, that is the plague. Okay. And then the Black Death is the time in European history when this was like 
destroying people, which was about 1346. Is the Black thir- Death the same thing as Ebola? No, it's okay. a different. No, it's the the bubonic plague, which is a oh, specific oh. bacterium, Yersinia pestis. Oh, I never want to get that. Like, yeah, you don't want to get that. Bronchitis knocks me out for a week. If I got the plague, it'd be right. like two weeks. The Black Death was estimated to have killed 30 to 60 percent of Europe's total population. Whoa, it's that much? It's a lot. Dang. Oh, the plague recurred occasionally in Europe until the 19th century. So so it's zombicide around this area. And in my head, the Black Plague wasn't like an illness. The Black Plague was zombies and these necromancers and these abominations that have been coming out of the ground and feasting upon these armies. And then, of course, the armies die. They come back as zombies. And, well, you're fighting an army of zombies at that point. Right. Oh, that was immediately preceded by the Great Famine. Man, Europe wasn't great at that time. Well, America's not great right now, but, man. Um, we have a clip of how a typical turn works in Zombicide, and I think we're going to play that right about now. You want to go, Liz? Yeah. Let's do it now. So just for the record, we're calling all the fatties bloaters. Yes. Because we feel bad calling them fatties. Yes. Great. All right, cool. just feel bad. Just, just like it's weird. Icky. No yeah. body shaming. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you're a zombie. We're, okay. We're zombie body positive. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take Nellie, and I'm for her first uh, free move action, she's going to move here, and she's going to take her short sword, starting equipment, and try to hack down that door. Sweet. So let's see. One roll. She got a six. Cool. So she can hack Man. open that door. She's going to make some noise. There ain't no zombies around clang, here. Clang. Oh, I, ha- I have a noise. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Cool. And uh, Nelly's uh, last action. No. Wait. People spawn in there. Yes. Correct. Yeah. People Which, spawn in there. They should spawn now, actually. Yeah, they're yep. going to yeah. spawn now. Spawn Where's right the yellow now? spawn Where's deck? Where's the spawn deck? Oh, you have it. Oh, here, right why don't we have it over me. here now? Yeah. Yeah, let's we put can it over spawn. here. And I'll um, do it. Oh, okay. <coughs> <coughs> no, you do it. The blue fire. The blue. Standard zombies invasion. Oh, nothing in sight. Yes. Yeah. Wow. All right. That's good. So now you can move in if you want. Yeah. I'm going to move in. I'm going to make myself at home. And that is Nellie's action. That, that's, that's her whole set. That sounds neat. Yeah, it was super cool. So before we move on, yeah. I just really quickly want to like okay. summarize. This is a part history lesson as okay. well. I've it's, had a lot of Zombicider. This is basically drunk history plus board games. This is my favorite thing. Okay. okay. So like I said, the bubonic plague. Mm-hmm. The specific instance of it that happened in the mid-1300s in Uh Europe, that was the Black Death. The mid-1300s in Europe was part of the Middle Ages, which was like the 4th century all the way to the 15th century or something. And the Middle Ages is also called the Dark Ages, which is why it's so confusing. Ah, okay. All right. So, and the crazy nun, (laughs) sword-wielding nun, kind of a coincidence. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. So yeah, like I thought that was a really good example of the way that a turn actually happens. Yeah. But when you're, when you're playing, there are a few different things you can do on a turn. So generally each character has like, they start with three actions. Yeah. They can move and each movement is one. One action. Yeah. And they can, uh, attack. Yeah. And they can open a door, which is sort of like an attack in terms of the way you do it. You have to, all of the doors, you have to like hack them open. You can't just open them. Yeah. Uh, And then they can trade stuff with other people Mm -hmm. and and rearrange their hand. So basically you have two 
cards that are out like they're equipped to mm-hmm. you in your hands yeah and then you have a backpack that has other stuff in it and some of the things in the backpack you can just use and some of them you have to equip to use them one of the things that i really think is innovative about this game is like liz said you start off with three actions but as you progress through the game and kill zombies you get experience points Right. And the components to this game are really fantastic. So good. I've like fallen in love with the player boards for this type of game. And Zombicide comes with this nice little tray that you can put your equipment on. You can figure out how much experience you have, how much life you have. But as you kill zombies, you gain experience. And if you level up from one stage to a different stage, then you gain an additional action. If yeah. you level up into an even higher level, then you might get a special ability like Spellcaster or Bloodlust that will allow you to take special actions during your turn, like rushing towards a zombie and attacking using one action. Yeah, or you might just be able to use like an additional die whenever you're in combat or something like that. So the boards, they're really awesome. They're they're plastic and they have these little inset trays for like there's one for each hand that you're equipping stuff in mm-hmm. and then there's one for just general character information and then you have these these slots where you can stand cards upright that are in your backpack so you can always see what you have mm-hmm. and then you have little pips that you use to keep track of everything so there's one that keeps track of where your hit points are at interestingly you start at zero zero damage and you can only go up to three damage before you die. Yeah. So it's kind of like... You get two hits for free. That third hit will kill you. Basically, yeah. And then there's a little sliding scale on the bottom where you can... There's like a little knob that you move forward or you can keep track of your experience points. And it's really interesting. They all... It goes up to 43, I think, yeah. ish. And they all... They're all the same for each person, but it's like... It starts at a blue level and then it shifts to yellow and then green or and then orange and then red. And that increases the difficulty of things that happen in the game. So once any member of your party has increased their level to like from blue to yellow, for example, when you spawn zombies, you start looking at the yellow zombie spawn spot and that's harder. So so I realize now like explaining it, this sounds like a lot, but one of the things I really enjoy about this game is that it's pretty accessible. Like, yeah. Like the rules, admittedly, if you look at the rules on a piece of paper, they sound like a lot. But the game really does ramp up in a nice way, as indicated by that experience tracker. So that the more you play, the more abilities you get, and you're not inundated with tasks to begin with. They start you off with objectives, and as soon as you level up, they'll give you more things to do. But the game doesn't bog you down with stuff to begin with. And and I, I really I really think that that's one of the game's strengths is yeah. you can teach it pretty easily. I taught it to our group in like maybe 10 minutes, and I was so worried it was going to take longer. But no, everybody got it. Yeah, and once you start playing, it's one of those games that really picks up. You yeah. can pick it up very quickly. So I mentioned zombie spawn, and then I was like, I don't know if we really talked about that. We should talk about that. But so, like I said, the the game manual tells you how to lay out a board for a specific scenario. I'm pretty sure every scenario involves certain zombie spawn points, which means that there's like a little tile that you put down, and when the the way that the game works is there are all of the characters play. I have finished my first zombie cider yeah how's it feel i'm going through withdrawal now i want more nice so first the characters play and then you activate all of the zombies that are on the board which means that they move or attack yeah move or attack depending on what kind of zombie they are and where you know proximity to other characters Mm -hmm. 
um, and then you spawn zombies at the zombie spawn points. And you do that by picking cards out of a pile. Mm -hmm. And that's where, you know, you'll pick up a card and it might say like for blue, which is the lowest level, it might say there's one walker zombie, which means the walker zombies can only move one tile at a time. They do one damage. But then maybe if it's yellow it'll say one they call them fatties and we don't really like that term yeah, but it's it's just a weird like in the manual okay i have two things with the manual one i don't like the fact that all the bigger zombies are called fatties because left for dead had big zombies and they called them bloaters but like also all of the manual describes the actions in the masculine tense it's always he it's never they or she and that really bugged me yeah i mean i get that i think it's fine as a she yeah. i'm whatever about it but it would be nice if it was they yeah, it, it's just a, it's just a thing um but yeah so there's fatties they called them we kept switching between like bloaters and boomers and we were just trying to call them oh stuff boomer from other... is left for dead sorry right so um and they are bigger looking and they have here's an interesting thing they have two hit points yeah so so like i mentioned it only takes three damage to kill you. The zombies all have one or two or three hit points. So everything happens on kind of a lower scale. But zombies don't take damage in this game, which I think is really interesting. This is one of the most unique parts of this game to me. So you might start, everybody starts with uh, starting weapons. Most of them do just one point of, of damage. damage. So it's basically, it'll say on the weapon, like, you have to be in the same tile as somebody to use this sword and you can roll one six-sided die and you have to get at least four and then you can do one damage to one person. Mm -hmm. Like that, that is all indicated on the sword mm -hmm. card. And so if you did that and you were fighting a boomer, for example, that has two hit points, you couldn't kill them ever with that person because that, that one hit point of damage sword, you can't stack them up. So an interesting part of this game is you have to find weapons that do more damage in order to kill these other enemies. Mm -hmm. And it's really the big thing. It makes this a little bit more like a puzzle to play than just a straight kind of role-playing game because the whole thing is trying to figure out how you're going to have, okay, you have one character. There's one starting weapon that does mm -hmm. two points of damage. So how do you have that character be where they need to be? How do you find and utilize to the best, you know, most efficient extent that you can the weapons that do more damage? It really makes it more puzzly in that sense. I feel like a lot of the games that we played uh, over the past year have revolved around moving and using an action to hit something. But you are totally right when you are tasked with taking down an enemy that you can't defeat until you search and get more weapons or possibly use different characters that are specialized in defeating an enemy. It makes kiting and trying to lure enemies around the board a little bit more of a priority. Right. And Can you explain what kiting is? Yeah, kiting is essentially moving in a way where the enemy will follow you around a certain path so that it makes it easier for you to hurt them and kill them. Okay. Um, but one of the things that, that I think this game does really well is that tutorial mission 
Uh, it only takes about 45 minutes to play, but it gives you a nice range of scenarios. When we played the tutorial mission, we immediately got stuck with two fatties, boomers, bloaters that we had no way to kill right. unless we kept searching for a better weapon. That I actually meant to say, like when I was talking about what you can do on your turn, I missed this important thing, which is that if you're in a building and there's no zombies that share your space, you can search, which means you draw an item from the item deck. And that is really the way that you win this game. Like mm-hmm. you have to get... Like I said, you have to find other weapons that do more damage. You have to find items that help you level up and help heal you. It's interesting. It's not the kind of game where you're like, I can just go in brawling. No like way. You really have to plan what you're going to do. I feel like we've talked about the mechanics of the game and how it works pretty well. Why don't we listen to a commercial for another Versus the Universe podcast network show? And when we come back, we'll talk about how it specifically works with co-op. Perfect. All right. Sounds good. Let's do it. Hi friends, my name is Sean Lenhart and I have spent my entire adult life looking for some friends to go on a quest with. In every group of friends I've encountered, at least one of them has a regular tabletop RPG that they play with their other friends. Out of all these friend circles, some interconnected, some completely isolated, I have been unable to join in on the adventure for one reason or another. So. I'm embarking on my own tabletop adventure. I'm playing a game of Dungeons and Dragons all by myself, with my wife acting as DM. Neither of us have any idea of what we're doing, so join us for the fun and silliness. We'll be bringing in special guests on commentary episodes who will offer their opinions of the quest and teach us how better to play D&D. Check us out on iTunes at Dungeon and or Dragon, on Twitter at D and or D podcast and on Facebook.com slash Dungeon and or Dragon. Oh boy, Liz, the only thing that sounds better than that show is this drink. Thank you for getting me another Zombicider. Oh, sure. I am feeling it. I'm pretty good. I know. I'm pretty impressed with how quickly you knocked that first one back. Well, I was thirsty. I was very thirsty. Yeah. Speaking of uh, being thirsty, let's talk about co-op. Sure. <laughs> Is that a weird lead-in? Uh, you know, it works. I'm sure. just going to... I. It's my job to support you <laughs> in the things that you do. Oh, boy. Now, yeah. for the first time, now that we're engaged, yeah, now you, I will support you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I. It's all been leading to this moment. So one thing that I made a special note of during our games of Zombicide Black Plague is that I was actually very impressed with some of the scenarios where we had to speak to other people at the table about what we were going to do and how it would influence what they would do on their turns. And I felt like the co-op element was pretty strong. Oh, absolutely. I mean, sometimes we talk about our rules for co-op purity on this show. Sometimes we do. And I think this totally fits the bill. You have to work together to win. Absolutely. And it's, but what I like about it is that you do just because the game is difficult to win otherwise. It's not that you always have to have an item from someone else. Sometimes you do. I mean, we played one where basically we had to find two different items in the in the item stack. Mm-hmm. And it would be very unlikely that one person would find both of those things. And then it would take them like two turns to use both of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, you really had to work together to do it. But yeah, and you can't win without everyone winning. Which isn't to say that some people can't die. Mm-hmm. And one thing that was really interesting, correct me if I'm wrong, but 
in the scenario, it tells you how many characters you have to have, right? Yes. So the tutorial, it says you should play with four or more. Right. But most scenarios require you to play with six or more. So when we played with a group of four, we doubled up with some people. But when it was just you and I, we played three characters each. Yeah. So which I think is interesting and again, a little bit different. And we actually ran into this when we were playing some more today that it's not that every character is expendable, but you have to. It's, I it's will not, torch somebody if it means we're going to win. I will totally right. sacrifice somebody if it means that we're going to get that objective. You're very good about that. But, but it's, hard to, <laughs> it's hard to remember that that's really an option. So mm-hmm. basically if, you know, for and the scenarios are all different, but um, generally if one character is still living at the end of the game, mm-hmm. then everybody wins. Yeah. So you can do what you need to do to make sure that at least one character kind of like gets out of the castle alive, basically. Mm-hmm. Which is, You were very attached to some of your characters, as was I. Yeah, it I was, mean, it's it, hard it, it's to... A, it's a hard decision when like you see them get experience and grow up and level up, but... Yeah, you got to do what you got to do. Well, and and you can see sometimes that that's going to happen, that you're going to have to let someone go because basically you don't have what in some RPGs would be called a saving throw. Like you can't, if you don't have armor, you can't avoid getting hit. Yeah. Because the zombies and the characters have different like movement phases, you can see that it's going to happen and sometimes there's nothing you can, you can do about it. Mm-hmm. And you might get unlucky with like cards that say the zombies activate an extra time or something so maybe you were planning on like okay this zombie's gonna end up in my space at the end of my turn but they're not gonna do anything and it'll be fine Mm -hmm. and then it turns out actually nope before your next turn they're gonna activate again and they're gonna eat you so we have a good clip of us kind of at the table discussing what we want to do with our turns that i think shows off the co-op elements well so i want to play that is that yeah no that's a good idea All all right let's do it uh here you go Bill, what's your character's name? Uh, Baldrick. All right. What's Baldrick going to do? Uh, Baldrick is a vault hunter. Okay. <laughs> uh, no okay. relation to any other game. Cool. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he wants that super spell that's in one of these vaults. Oh, so I good. think he's going to go one, two, three. Great. Cool. All right. So Baldrick's done. Yeah. Baldrick's done. Up All right. To you, Chris. He's so just s- running. Silas. Um, I feel like Silas and Baldrick go uh, way back, so yep. he's going to follow you. Yeah, I mean, he's an old man. He's an elf, so... So I'm right. probably as old as you, but yeah. just, it doesn't show. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But like, I, I like to imagine that Baldrick thinks that you're an apprentice, but you might actually be older. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I have and been, and like I have a lot more experience. Yeah. Yeah. Try to yeah. keep up, boy. <laughs> so, All right. And I'm you're controlling Samson now, too. Right? Yes, I have Samson. Which way do we think the tank needs to go? Um... I think as long as we keep it three and three, we should be fine. Yeah, yeah I think you can have Samson follow you. I think, yeah, I'll do that because yeah, there's that spawn point right spawner. there. I think we're a little softer in general. Are you going to follow true. me? Well, Us? so I want. I think it might be good to get, get into this building eventually. So, so I was going to try yeah. and just come over here because you you guys aren't going to hang out in there after, and, right? Yeah, they can meet up with you after they hit that objective. I, I thought we would like bash these doors and just try to make like easy exits for us. Um. Yeah. So I, don't, I was wondering though, does that just make it, like would it be better to leave those closed so that the zombies can't go through there? Like yeah, then they're funneled out? We're also I mean, this one you might as well open. Yeah, at least one of them. Okay. So from that clip, you can see that everybody at the table was contributing ideas. They were, I, I feel like we were being pretty constructive about what other people wanted to do. Right. And um, 
uh, at least in, in that scenario, we were all able to offer up ideas or suggestions and, and act on them. And we play a lot of co-op games in the show where sometimes there'll be a quarterback, sometimes there'll be somebody that's dictating the action, but based on the variables that you may encounter with that spawn deck or from you searching inside a building, you really can't plan too far ahead. And that was something that I I was experiencing some difficulty with on our last playthrough because I, I'm always the type of person that I love to think two or three turns ahead and map out what I want to do, but it's it was a little bit difficult for me to reconcile like, if a really big bad zombie spawns right next to me, I have to change up my strategy. So I was always on my toes and I like that about this game. It's funny that you bring that up. Like I think this leads a little bit into the what did we learn section too. Uh, because oh in this last game in particular, I felt like you were kind of like, well, that's it. This guy's dead. <laughs> and like you were just like, I'm, I get, I gave up on him now. And I'm like, no, I want to sit here and I want to think through it. And I think there's a way to make it work. And for that turn, we did go farther than you thought we would. Can I, can I tell you what was happening in my head at that point? Please do. So, so, so to paint the picture in this scenario, my character Clovis which, which a, these names are, name. these names are given to the characters. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Name we didn't Clovis. name anybody Clovis. Uh, <laughs> oh, I meant to talk to you about that. I wanted our first daughter to be named Clovis. Well, it's too bad. It's a family name. Sorry. Uh, anyway, so Clovis is kind of like this this like Viking character, and I don't. I didn't like imprint on my characters. I didn't like like I loved Nellie because she was basically a barmaid who picked up two short swords and was like. Screw it. I'm she go was kind people. of roguish. Like, she was very fast. Huh. Funny that I would exactly. be into that. Exactly. But Clovis was this warrior Viking person that wandered into this room. When you enter a building, if it's connected to some other buildings by a door, you'll spawn zombies for every tile in that building. Yeah. It's basically like so you turn the lights on and then suddenly you see that there are zombies in every room. Super good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's exactly how I'd say it. But so all these zombies were just spawning on Clovis. And then as he opened the door, a bunch of zombies spawned in behind him. And I'm like, well, he's dead. Yeah. And I was like, no, you don't understand. Like, just because the zombies are there, we have a whole, every single other person playing, all of our six characters get to do their turn before the zombies can do so anything. So in my head, all I was visualizing is Clovis with this giant axe just swinging away wildly and like getting a few zombies, but ultimately being eaten. And I'm like, oh, no. Clovis is down and I really can't I can't do anything else to help him yeah. but but it was when like you were so willing to give up man well no I wasn't willing to give up I was willing to kill Clovis and I, I think I think that's something that you've mentioned this before I'm very much like a Machiavellian character where I will sacrifice somebody in, in order games. to yeah yeah in, in games uh, but I feel I, like that's an important clarification <laughs> yeah. I I was more like it was actually kind of hitting me that like, oh man, this person has to die. I was going to say, I know you're trying to characterize this as you were like, if Clovis has to go, he has to go. But you were totally kind of like... I was a little pessimistic. You were Whatever. definitely... Yeah, you were like, well, he's dead now. And I was like, whoa, we got to plan our next turns. We got all kinds of stuff well, going on. So like specifically, when I, I admit I was getting pessimistic, but... I started to think about like why I play these types of games and like the cinematic quality. And when we had Samson and Baldrick kind of again, Russian, we didn't choose these names. <laughs> Sorry, these just are the name of our know. kids. Yeah. Name of our kids. It's just what's going to happen. Uh, I like the idea of just like a cute, tiny little boy named Baldrick. <laughs> 
Oh my God, can we? What is his first word? His first word is Fire. no. <laughs> no. Why? But... <laughs> his first word is why. His first word is just like pointing at us and screaming. <laughs> I feel like we're going really quickly for our loyal readers here. Like we That's just got fine. engaged and Whatever. now we're talking about all of our children, like, Baldrick and Samson. I want and 15 children. Silas. Um. <laughs> Yeah, we're just going to... Well, I mean, Zombicide's going to be a very special game. We're naming all of our, our children after Zombicide Zombicide, characters. that's going to be a weird Zombicide one. will be the fourth child. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I I started thinking about the cinematic quality of it. And I remember I even like looked at you and I'm like, let's just check in. I'm sorry for being pessimistic. And I, I began Yeah, I to- feel like that's like an important... I'm like proud of us for that relationship moment because we were I was like if you're not having a good time like I don't know if I want to keep doing this and you were like no it's totally fine let's take a breather I I am I'm totally down to like talk about I feel like whenever Liz and I talk about co-op games we talk about like we had a great time everything was fantastic there are definitely times where we play games where one of us will get in a bad mood or something will happen and we're not always great and what I found is that just kind of putting the cards on the table and saying, let's check in. Let's see how we're doing. Let's let's like hug. Let's take 10 minutes away. Right. And that's and like the whole point of this show. I think it's important that we talk about. Absolutely. Like the absolutely. point of it is playing cooperative games, especially with a significant other. Yeah. And even though the whole point of a cooperative game is that you're not against each other, it still can be frustrating if you, you know, I like for me, when we were playing, I was like, it seems like stuff keeps happening and then you get frustrated and like, I don't want to play if you're not having a good time. And on my end, I'm thinking like, I really want to contribute and I really want to help out. And if Clovis, this Viking can't <laughs> contribute. Clovis, man. Well, well no, I, contribute I think, Clovis. I think that's something we've talked about before in our relationship. We're like, I always want to make sure things are equal. I right. want to make sure that no matter what we do, it's it's not you doing more and me doing more. I want to make sure that we're we're always splitting it 50-50. And I think similar to a relationship, this is like we're really dumbing this down. But like in a cooperative <laughs> game, it might be that at some point some character has an extra fancy weapon that can kill two people at once and another character is just stuck opening doors. But that's okay because later the opening doors character might get a really cool weapon and then the character with the killing two players at once weapon is going to have to take a back seat. Like, it's not about constantly being 50-50 all the time. It's about, like... The good of the group. An overall net feeling of 50-50. Because, you know, life isn't equal, right? Like, like you and I are not always going to have the same exact jobs mm-hmm. or the same exact, like, life stuff going on. So... It's silly to expect everything to be 50-50 all the time. Absolutely. This zombie cider, man, it's like bringing out all the feeling. <laughs> Sorry, I was just imagining like Clovis swinging his axe and shield. And as he goes down, he's screaming like 50-50. And like, and, and other people are like, and everyone fine, else is like, fine. we're not all dying, man. <laughs> You're Baldrick, doing this wrong. Baldrick is back there like using Spellcaster to like kill these walkers and he's like it's fine like you did your part yeah and like nelly's like i'm just going for the objective so we all win like you you come back if we beat the scenario right i was proud of the way that we handled ourselves even playing with four people uh whenever it kind of got in dire straits with we 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 kind of pulled the shit end of the stick twice by getting this abomination pulled 
very early in the game. Yeah, which on, is like a super extra hard character. Like very they have three hit points. Yeah. And there is no weapon that does three hit points of damage. So you basically have to combine these multiple Zombie items that you and find. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dragon bile and a torch. And and I, I feel like when when the four of us were at the table, and I, I also contribute this to Bill and Chris being very optimistic people. Yeah, we um, picked good people to game with. Yeah. Um, we never got like bogged down and being like, this is impossible. It was like, well, let's just do what we have to do to kill it. Yeah, so that's one thing that is interesting about this game, and I feel like I've been a little bit of like a negative Nancy the last couple games because we've been talking about. Uh, well, you were the betrayer. Yeah, in, like, so we've been talking about games game. where there's basically somebody who kind of is a betrayer or some other kind of betrayal mechanic, and I have never enjoyed that, and then it makes it a little harder for me to enjoy the game overall. But for this, even when we... So we played the, the second scenario twice. And the first time, we just totally biffed it. Yeah, it and wasn't great. the second time, we, <laughs> we won. Well, well, even when we biffed it, we had a good time. So that's what I was going to say. I And I, I feel like this is redeeming a little because I felt like I was worried that it seemed like I was just like, oh, I didn't win when I was the betrayer. And so I didn't like it. And it's not that... Like, even that time that we totally biffed it in Zombicide, I still had a really good time. Like, and I felt like, you know, we had a fighting chance until suddenly we were just like super overwhelmed, which is very, I think, appropriate for zombies. And it, the mechanics of the game are still really interesting. The cooperative element is still really interesting. Um, I don't, we haven't talked about the, the physical elements of the game besides the, the character trays all but the minis the are minis are great beautiful. and and one of the things that i love is that the minis have these little bases that you can i'm just gonna i'm just gonna pull this He's one out just gonna show one to all, the microphone all of all of these minis wait can, can you holy hear smack i didn't even realize that yeah. you could take the colors off the bottom so That's there's fine. bases that you can attach to the bottom of the minis uh they're all primary colors so that you always know when there's a green action, you look for the green on the board that's attached to the bottom of your mini. And, and it's, just, it's, such a, it's such a simple solution that really goes a long way to identifying what's going on during the gameplay and, and making it easy to, to just surmise what's happening. Right. And all of the minis fit very nicely into this like plastic tray that comes with the game. And I know this sounds very like... You know, we would not talk nerdy. about this unless it was imperative. Yeah, but people, especially those of our listeners who have played kind of bigger, complicated games like this, not that the game is super complicated, but it has a, a quite a few moving parts. You, It's really important that the box works. And this box is one of the best like native boxes that I've seen. With you all don't the pieces. need a broken token for yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean when I say native. Like A lot of times you have to buy special inserts that that are better than the ones that they come with yeah, yeah. like broken token inserts and for this like the plastic that it comes with is really nice and it's like you stick these two plastic like trays into another cardboard box and then that whole thing goes into the main box and it's really really nice which for a game like this we haven't talked about how much it costs but it's a it's a fairly expensive game it's a it's about a hundred dollars retail but if you go to Amazon or cool stuff Inc or miniature market you can get it for about 70 right which I think 70 is a steal it's it's a good deal for this game but you know that still is a lot especially for someone who's not really sure if it's gonna be their jam but the fact that everything 
like I think all of the pieces and the way that it's all laid out, it really is worth it. I feel like this point might be diluted to people that aren't Liz. But one of the things that I've been talking to Liz about away from the microphones is that I wish we had discovered this game a year ago because in the time since we got this game and played it, um, I've backed stuff on Kickstarter. Like I'm, I'm super supportive of the Resident Evil 2 Kickstarter that just went up. Yeah, I love no Dark kidding. Souls. It's like one of my favorite games that we've ever played. And uh, I, I'm a big fan of Imperial Assault and that game kind of burned me. But had I known about this game when it was on Kickstarter and had I known the Zombicide kind of brand and how it played I feel like I would have gone in really deep on funding it and wanting to get a lot of components because like Liz and I said I feel like this kind of goes into is this game good for a first date I feel like it's not an ideal first date game yeah but if you're if you're a gamer and if you're looking for a game to play with a group of friends on a routine this is I think really a great choice I really like it and I wish that I had not invested in other games of similar stature right? so that I could get expansions and add-ons for this. Yeah, I mean, and it's possible, you know, like we're selling some of our other stuff just because we have so much and we're not going to get to all of it. And we're going to sell our board games and fund the wedding. That's yeah, the idea. Just, if we sold all of our board games, we would probably have enough for a whole <laughs> wedding. Uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting too. I think this would be not great for a first date unless both people were really hardcore gamers yeah yeah it's it's a very specific conditions thing yeah um but if if it's two people that are hardcore gamers or like you know absolutely pretty into board games i feel like it's actually pretty good because it's not super time sensitive can i paint you you a picture please do gen con 2018 is are these people going on a first date during gen con no i like i imagine that to do the the speed dating thing there and like they hit it off okay this is not a speedy game no 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 no. but i imagine that that they go to the speed dating thing and and like they exchange like a fun meet cute conversation and and like oh you like his dark materials books i love these type of books let's let's talk about sci-fi and fantasy books and then they exchange numbers. And later on, this guy says, I just bought Zombicide and all these new games at Gen Con. I mean, what did you buy? And she might say, oh, well, I got I got like an expansion for Zombicide. Funny how that happened. And then they, they go up and they find a conference room and then they start unpacking everything for Zombicide. Conference Black rooms Plague. are where, by the way, all of the best first dates happen. Also, like, this is the fanfic I'm writing in my head. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, they, I cut you off. Keep going. They, they unpack Black Plague, and she says, I don't really like these characters. What if I use these people from the expansion pack Wolfsburg? Wait, and is this like a... Is this like a... <laughs> Sorry. Is this, is this Sorry. A, a fan fiction that you wrote because you're so excited about the expansions to this game? No, Cool Mini or not paid me to write this and put it on the air. Oh, good. But, like, I'm imagining that... Like they're talking about the Black Plague, and somebody says, "Is that the bubonic plague or is that Ebola?" And then she brings it up on her phone, and she says, "Actually, there's a common misconception. Did you think this was nobody the thinks it's Ebola, Aaron? <laughs> I just want to put that out there because I know our readers are screaming. All I'm saying, all I'm saying is that there's a scenario in my head where I think that uh, two people could, two people that that like these um, types of movement tile type games." could come together and play and have a good time out of the box. But I think you need to have some experience with this type of game 
in order to have that ideal first date. That being said, I think that if you have a gaming group or even if like you want to get into a game, like if you want to invest in a game that's going to keep growing and expanding, I think this is a really good choice. Yeah. And I, oh, I was going to clarify, like we talked a little bit at the beginning about how there isn't a campaign, um, the base game, the base Zombicide Black Plague game has 10 scenarios mm-hmm. that can all be played with the base set. And I guarantee you're not going to beat a scenario every time you play. Right. So <laughs> what? here's what's interesting. So we mentioned that that's not a campaign and you're not really leveling up. Like there isn't a legacy aspect to it. And that's the, the one part that I think is really interesting and different with this game is, you know, the second game was much harder than the first one, mm-hmm. but you still start at zero yeah with every time the same starter weapons where only one person can do two damage and that keeps like the game itself keeps getting more difficult but you're still starting at zero and so i mentioned earlier that it's sort of like a puzzle and i i think it is a little bit like that it's almost the way that some like you're leveling games up build. but your characters don't well, you the yeah yeah you the human player are kind of leveling up in your understanding of the best strategies for the game, but right the characters don't level up, and so by the time you get to the tenth scenario, which is really hard, you're still starting from scratch with your character, mm-hmm. and it's yeah that part feels a little bit like a mobile game to me, where because I feel like a lot of them are like kind of puzzle based, sure, and it's really just like you're le- like the game itself is getting harder, but you're, you know, kind of like Pac-Man or something. Like it just keeps getting more difficult, but you still start with three lives. One of the scenarios that we played, uh, and, and I, I, th- I think this will illustrate your point. When we played it the first time, we kind of just said, we'll just dole out the starting equipment however we want. But the second time we played it, we said, let's look at what happened last time. We obviously need this character to have this weapon. Because they're more suited for it. Right. Some characters, like we said, the blue level is the easiest, like the the blue experience level is what everybody starts at. And every character at that blue level has a different like starting bonus. So Anne, the crazy nun, with sword wielding nun has bloodlust melee, which is she can like. <laughs> Sorry, wait. Can you just say the it's crazy so nun weird. has bloodlust melee? She again? does. She, the crazy nun has bloodlust le- melee. Oh and my so God. She can, I need to record that. She can like dash two spaces and then have a melee attack all at once for just one action instead of spending multiple actions on mm-hmm. it. Um, somebody else has an extra die that they can roll on melee actions, which makes that person particularly suited to the weapon. There's a hammer that does two damage because it's really important that when that weapon is used, it works. Yeah. Right? Like, Nelly has more move action, so if you need, like, a a courier, or if you need someone to just, like, go ahead and get a weapon, you always want Nelly. Yeah. So, that strategy is really interesting to me. I mean, I just can't say enough good things about this game i'm excited for us to keep playing it yeah and and it, it's even come to a point where i'm like i'm gonna sell this other game that we were gonna cover for the show that isn't a good fit for covering on the show and i want to like get an expansion and then squirrel the rest away for yeah. wedding fun but so maybe at some point we'll we'll have a zombicide subtitle Wolfsburg. something else game yeah um one thing i do want to say about the expansions that i think was very inspired and i think very interesting so a lot of the expansions have additional heroes or additional zombie bosses 
And something that I think was very cool is that they would commission specific artists to make three or four different character concepts, and then they would put those characters in the game. So if there's a specific artist that you really like, you might be able to get a few concepts from that artist. Like uh, Neil Adams is one of the artists who's not exactly my bag, but it's cool that they've reached out to a bunch of different people and asked them to design some folks. There's one expansion pack where you basically get to play as Eowyn from Lord of the Rings, and I'm like, I want that. Do that. Yeah. I want that real bad. Yeah. I imagine there will be some expansions in our future. Um, So, yeah, I think we covered first dates. What did we learn? Um, I definitely learned the value of checking in because because I, I know that I know that it doesn't happen too often, but the value of checking in after a few bad turns and being pessimistic was very helpful for me. And it, it, it's generally just been kind of a wonky week for me. So thank you for providing me with that. Of course. And I think that's really a really good thing for gaming and life. The value of checking in is really important to recognize. I Mine is less deep than that. but um, <laughs> That seems to be the case sometimes. Well, I, what's I get funny, like very introspective on this. What I have is that I like to think things through more, which isn't always true, but I felt that especially with that like time with Clovis when you were like, well, too bad, he's gone. And I you was like, paused. no, we got a plan. I mean, Clovis still died, but you dedicated a lot of mind power to figuring out how to lesson I pushed it how to mitigate yeah. the risk well and I think it actually was really helpful you know it helped us win in the end even that postponing it mm-hmm. uh, but also even during this episode I've kind of realized something that you brought up when you said you were thinking of the sort of cinematic element of what was going on with him mm-hmm. I think that is really interesting because you you mentioned that a lot with a lot of the games that we play it's just I think that way all the time right and while I can appreciate when there's like an interesting narrative element like we've talked about with betrayal on at the house on the hill that like there are interesting you know kind of narrative things that come out of that game i'm never thinking of it too much that way and i know i mean you're a storyteller like that's what you do you create stories and so it's interesting to me that that is always happening in your head even with the stuff that we're playing you're focused on that. And I think it's really interesting how that may have impacted your feeling in that moment. Like <laughs> It was dire. Your feeling of he's surrounded. This is terrible. And and for me, I was like, you know, it does always come back to this. But I was like, let's take a step back. Let's look at this logically. What are our options? It legitimately felt like the end of Shaun of the Dead, my favorite movie of all time, when they're in the Winchester and like he yeah. sees Shaun get bit. See? Oh. Aaron, what if they had just given up? Well, Ed gave up. He got killed. Well, that was that ended badly for him. Uh, yeah, but but I feel like that's one thing that that I maybe haven't illustrated as much. I'm always like directing in my mind a little bit. Yeah. And, and that was definitely a scene that I was like ratcheting up the tension. So you're a creator and you're always directing in your mind a little bit. And I'm a lawyer and I'm always arguing with <laughs> the facts that have been presented to me. <laughs> I'm like, no, good. we can shape this. I'm excited to, differently. to to hear what listeners are gonna say about this episode. Yeah. I'm excited for them to be like, what's going on? <laughs> it's fine. We're fine. <laughs> We're engaged. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's a very it's I'm so happy. Yeah. We we should we should bring it back to happy stuff for the end of it. We should. We should wrap it up because I got 
spaghetti sauce in the slow cooker. And I'm going to begin editing. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I think before before we end, I do want to say um, this is this is all this is going to be a longer episode than most. We try to get every episode under like 55 minutes, if not 50 minutes. And um, for those of you that have that have stuck it out this long, thank you so much for listening to everything. I feel like this is a pretty fun episode, just like like it's a it's a super fun game. Yeah, we, we had a fun conflict that we were able to talk about. Um, what a fun conflict. Well, I, I think it's constructive. I think it helps other people. Yeah. Uh, but but thank you to all of our listeners who, again, have congratulated us on our engagement. Um, I promise we won't talk about it this much in every episode. Man, but I'm but so damn happy. It's still fresh I'm and so, nice. so, so happy. Yeah. Um, and I promise we, we won't get too gushy about it. But yeah. For this episode, we may talk about wedding stuff at some point yeah. because it's going to be happening in our heads. Yeah, and in this episode, I definitely wanted to like talk about it because it it's a uh, uh, we have a lot of friends that listen to the show, and for those people that weren't able to make it to the surprise party, um, I thought this would be a fun way for them to kind of like hear about it. Yeah, zombies and weddings. I mean, honestly, look at us—that's pretty much us. Yeah, like people would be like, "That's totally Liz and Aaron." Yep. Come on. Look at oh, plus cocktails. Should, let's watch Evil Dead tomorrow. Um, or or Tuesday. Or we'll figure it out. November. Yeah. Who cares? We'll we do can it in do November. that offline. Yeah. Anyway. Um. Yeah. And uh, Liz, real, you have a thing. right? Yeah. Real quick before we go to the credits department, we've had over the last year or so several times where people have asked us questions, especially when we were at our panel at Gen Con. Our Gen Con panel, we had... It ended up being basically a and a Yeah, th- there was a, f- a few people like Lisa, uh, Nick Robertson, I know, came up to us and talked to us. Um, Rob, I, I, I feel bad when I can't remember their full names, but... Uh, I think it's amazing that you are remember. I can barely remember I, when August was. I but. very, I truly value everybody that listens to this show. Uh, but we, we, had, we had a lot of people come up and ask us custom questions. Yeah. So so what I was going to say is we've had, and, and people who don't even listen to the show, like I've had where somebody will find out we do this show and they'll be like, that sounds interesting. And then five minutes later, they're like, so I just had a baby and, you know, my husband and I are trying to figure out, like, can we play? Is there anything we can play like while the baby's asleep that will pass the time, but we're exhausted and it's not too hard and it doesn't make noise, stuff like that. We've had a lot of questions come up. So we're going to do an episode that is just us answering questions like that. And we would like to know if any of you, dear reader slash listener, have I say reader it's like a joke yeah, it's a joke it's, between it's me and you guys uh if any of you have questions like that we would love to answer them so please send them our way and, and we've definitely gotten questions like my partner does not enjoy games what would be a good introductory game yeah, uh, we, without like you know pushing your partner and doing something they don't want to do but yeah, anyway and, yeah. and, and, and like we, we will I think we've answered that at panels but we'd be more than happy to answer that on air um, and kind of give you like yeah. some and definitive we, answers. We won't like give away who you are if you have an embarrass an embarrassing question. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely yeah. like give you a cool name like Baldrick or Silas or, or Clovis or and the Nun. Uh, it'll be fun. But uh, we're we're, we're going to be working on a Q and A episode coming up. Um, I think around like Thanksgiving, beginning of December, where we'll cover that. And uh, speaking of relationship games, we we uh, have a review copy of Fog of Love. 
that is a it's built as a romantic comedy as a board game which i can't wait to play yeah i'm very pumped that's our next game right yeah yeah what we're gonna i'm gonna be learning the rules this week and then we'll be playing it sometime and recording nice it's gonna be good i can't wait Cool. All right. So, I think we're ready for the credits department. All right. Now. Well, let's take get in my car because I'm about to drive you to the credits department. Okay. All right, everybody. This podcast is produced every other week for your enjoyment. Please check back often and feel free to add the Cooperatives Podcast to your favorite podcatcher. Reviews are very welcome and they help the show succeed. You can also follow us on Twitter at Cooperatives Pod and on Facebook at Facebook.com/slash Cooperatives Pod. If there's a particular game that you want us to play and discuss, please don't hesitate. Just send us an email at cooperativespod.com or reach out to us on social media. Um, once again, I, I really want to thank, from the bottom of my heart, thank you, thank you, thank you so much to Rich Howard for sending us this game. Because yes. not only was thank it... you from both of us. It was such a, an amazing act of kindness for you to send us this game sight unseen, but also it's a great game that I want to play much more of going right. forward. Uh, but if, if uh, you just want to send us a message on social media and say, hey, play this, we will definitely take it into account. Half our episodes are games where you've sent them ideas. So, like, please send us our way. Um, all the links are going to be in our show notes. Thank you to the Versus the Universe Network for uh, allowing us to be on their network. Hey, if you go to patreon.com slash Versus the Universe, you can help fund this show and the other shows on the Versus the Universe Network. You have so many fun co-pops. You don't need another one. Maybe just take that Funko fund, that like two or three bucks that you're like setting aside every month. To like, please don't Funko. send us Funkos. Oh though. God, please don't send. We have so many Funkos. I'm part of the problem as well. But maybe like use the money that you would have spent on a Funko pop and donate it to versus the universe. That's a cool thing. Instead of having like a weird bobblehead of Rocket Raccoon, you could give it to us and we could put that towards getting better mics or getting better hosting or a new game it would be really cool for everyone that does fund us on patreon thank you so much it's it's very very cool uh but liz i think it's about that time where we either marvel at this game and play another round or we start editing what do you think sounds good to me all right well let's go Should, right. should we clink yeah let's clink goodbye hey happy engagement i love you happy engagement i love you all right let's do it Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.